welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today we are going to talk about the February 2014 movie, The Lego Movie. My name is Sarah and I am the mom of a four-year-old boy. And I am Briar Harvey, and I have a 17-year-old girl, an 8-year-old boy, and a 2-year-old boy. And I just have to say, I love that you identified that this is from February 2014, (laughs) as though there was some other Lego movie that came out that year or something. So I have to tell you, I had to very specifically find out what date this one was released, because... I had an inkling of an idea that I saw this when I was very newly pregnant with my son. And that would absolutely be the case. Because I'm like, I am pretty sure this is like one of the last cartoon movies I saw, like before I had a kid. Oh, I see. Before you were obligated to watch them 48 <laughs> times in a row. Back when I still enjoyed them. When you enjoyed watching a child's movie for the sake of enjoying watching right. a child's movie, not because you were forced. Right. I see. Well, then, yeah, I definitely, I agree. <laughs> I would have taken note of the last hurrah myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think it's really interesting because... Um, to me, I feel like this movie, it's very likely that this movie has an impact on the way my husband um, interacts with my son in regards to things like Lego. He is, you know, kind of a Lego fan. He was one of those kids that probably had like a gigantic bin full of Lego as a kid. And now when he gets the chance, he buys like those, the architecture sets. Oh, the expensive one. Well, because he's super hard to buy for, for like holidays and stuff. Because he's just not, he's not a thing person. So there's so, there's like nothing to buy him. So when we get really desperate, his mom or I end up buying him like one of those architecture sets. Yeah. And every year I get him, um, Lego has like a Santa's village. So every year I get him a piece out of that. So like. I, I see him with our son and I see like the conflicting emotions in him when he's like, well, we're building this thing and this is the way we're supposed to build it. But then our son is like, oh, but I want to do this and this and this and this and this. And I would, I mean, I'm curious, like if they had had those moments before this movie came out, what, how it would have played out. It's a good question. My (laughs) husband is very much an architect kind of guy, too. Although, more specifically in this house, Star Wars, we have all of the little guys. There's a name for them. (laughs) Minifigs. We have all the little Star Wars minifigs. And we have a bunch of the ships. And we have a fairly good-sized Death Star Yeah. that a great deal of time went into. And money. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, my son, he's 
kind of has that Batman attitude about it. I only work in I black. I only work in or black. Or very, very dark gray. <laughs> yes. And what is a Death Star but yeah. very, very dark yeah. gray? So there's sure. a lot of that conflict here, too. <laughs> and when we saw that movie... Because my son was not quite, he was still more in the Duplo stage, but he, my husband had already had these conflicts with our daughter. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, the, the, the twist at the mm-hmm. end was pretty, pretty poignant in yeah. our household. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean, I know, you know, there's definitely, um, there's definitely women who go through that too I'm a baker and my son always wants to help bake and I'm always like yeah you can mix this thing over here while I work over here like you know trying to include him because he's interested but at the same time like I would like but but I would like to point out with baking with baking at least I I don't know maybe because I also bake I am (laughs) Part, I, I am not a good judge here, but I feel like it's worth pointing out that a little too much salt can make those not edible cookies. Right. That's all I'm saying. You can always put the pieces back together. Right. Like the Lego. pieces always go back together. The, the, the recipe cannot right. be decomposed after <laughs> it has been mixed. I like that. That's the way I'll try to remember it. <laughs> going forward. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie starts with Lego logos. You get both the WB logo and the WAG, which is, I think, Warner Brothers Animation. Warner Animation Group, yeah. Group, okay. So that's that's how this this starts. I wonder what other movies are made by Warner Brothers that we could see if they do that with a more... In line with animation. I don't know. know. Look it up. You can look that up while I start listing off this very, very sizable cast. So we decided with these movies, we're just going to do all of these people right up at the top because that seems to be necessary. So obviously we start with Chris Pratt as Emmett Bukowski. I think at this point in time, everyone does know who Chris Pratt is, but if you don't, because you've been under a rock somewhere, uh, I think my favorite Chris Pratt is, I, I really, I like him as Star-Lord. I think he does Star-Lord particularly well, but I really, I liked him in uh, Parks and Rec, too. My favorite Chris Pratt is Andy from Parks and Rec. Yeah, he was so good. (laughs) So good. Um, There is Will Ferrell as Lord Business, and obviously the man upstairs i really i've always liked will but i really feel like he must have been the dad here like when when they cast him he must have said yeah this is i've got that set up in the back room in there that nobody gets to play with because there's just such a connection i think to the man upstairs he's does such a good job here okay we have elizabeth banks as 
Wild Style or Lucy. Where do we know Elizabeth Banks from lately? The Hunger Games? Sure, that works. Um, she's in everything. She's she in really, Pitch she, Perfect. She she's gets in, around. She's in a lot. I mean, I am totally doing her a disservice. She's in a ton of things beyond. Speaking of someone who gets around, Alison Brie as Princess Unikitty. And I was looking at her bio when I was looking this up. She apparently likes to do two really hard things at the same time. So she did... um, It was Wrong Mouse... She did uh, Mad Men and what was the other one? Community. Community. At the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. At the same time. I didn't, I haven't ever watched Community, so I don't know her from that one. I but, mean, she's not, I don't know that she was ever considered like a main character in Mad Men because she is Pete Trudy. Campbell's wife. Right. Um. But she's obviously a main character in Community, so. Mm -hmm. And now she's doing um, BoJack Horseman as Diane and also Glow. And I guess those, those work together because they're both Netflix shows, so they're shorter seasons than you would normally get from a major TV run. But it's still too fade fairly large characters and she's got all these other things too she's just she's a busy girl is what i'm saying and i'm wondering if that's just kind of how you have to be as a woman in hollywood these days to get anywhere okay who else do we have we have will arnett as batman such a great batman really i like wish that will even closely physically resembled Batman because I feel like somebody should cast him somewhere. For me, Will Arnett is one of those people that I have a hard time liking as a person because he always plays like an arrogant jerk in everything he's in. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, like, I don't know the story about it at all. Like, I have no idea. But like, he was married to Amy Poehler they have kids together and they're divorced. So I'm always like, oh, well, (laughs) why? (laughs) Why? And he seems like a jerk in everything I see him on. So I'm obviously going to assume he's the jerk in the relationship. So you're going to assume that. Because like, I can't, I can't like justify Amy Poehler as the jerk based on who she is like as Leslie Nope. (laughs) <laughs> yes, but that's because you're trying to base it on Leslie. No. I know, I know. Not... There's like I said, I have nothing, <laughs> nothing to really like back this up. I'm just saying like because Will Arnett always plays an arrogant jerk, I just assume he's an arrogant jerk. So I'm always like, I don't know if I like Will Arnett. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair that we often as actors play roles that we are comfortable in (laughs) and I certainly won't deny that I will also posit that as women because I too am guilty of this when a celebrity couple goes bad I 
nearly yeah. always blame the guy. I can't, yeah. I can't help it because I look at Hollywood culture and go, well, obviously there were women just throwing themselves at him and he is yeah. clearly I, to And blame. I have... So I have the same kind of feelings towards Chris Pratt too, since mm. he and mm-hmm. Anna Ferris broke up, and mm-hmm. I'm always like, I don't know how I feel about him anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna focus on the other Chris's. Right. The other Marvel Chris's will the now other have my Marvel attention. The other Marvel Chris's are fine. Are fine. <laughs> They're fine. Um, also, to continue on this, will our not uh, <laughs> beating. I am not a Batman fan, and someday we'll go into that about why I'm not a Batman fan, (laughs) but it's, (laughs) my husband thinks it's a hilarious reasoning, but I just am not a Batman fan. I already think it's hilarious, and I haven't even (laughs) heard the reasoning, so I can't wait. We'll save that. We'll save that for some momentous event or Mm -hmm. something. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. (laughs) We also have Nick Offerman as Metalbeard, who was on Parks and Rec, right? Yes. He played Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec. I love him in it. And that is a Michael Schur and Dan Gore production, which also which they also do Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I'm telling you, so I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Okay. And then, let's see. We have Charlie Day as Benny the Spaceship Guy. I love Benny. I'm, I'm a fan of Benny. If you don't know who Charlie Day is, because I have to admit... I did not, because I have, for some reason, never actually watched It's It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've never watched it. I've never watched it. It's on my list of quality programming. So, okay, there's a list. I have a list of things to watch and or read when something traumatic happens. It's okay. Always Sunny in Philadelphia is like 15 seasons so far. <laughs> it's forever. still going. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it's a really good show to have in my back pocket as a, well, shit just happened. I need to not think for 12 mm-hmm. weeks or something. So that yeah. that seems like a good, a good option there. But if you aren't a fan of It's Always in Sunny in Philadelphia. He was also in Pacific Rim as Dr. Newton Geisler, and I did actually love him as that role. So now I'm kind of excited about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and maybe I should add it sooner. I don't know. <laughs> he was also in, like, Bad Bosses or whatever that one is. Horrible bosses. bosses. Horrible bosses. Horrible bosses. bosses. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. And And other things. (laughs) Moving on, we have Liam Neeson as good cop, bad cop, and paw cop, apparently. (laughs) So he just played the whole family, except for Ma. 
Although, he really should have played Ma Cop. He too. really should have. I mean, they should have just gone for it. They really, they should have. <laughs> we have Morgan Freeman as Vitruvius. He was he was basically God. Yeah, I mean, because Morgan Freeman. It's Morgan Freeman, but I mean, who <laughs> is predictably awesome in everything that he does. But I, Vitruvius was really great. I have to say. All right, we have. Let's see. Channing Tatum as Superman. Jonah Hill as Green Lantern. Kobe Smulders as Wonder Woman. And I have to ask: Is that like? Is that like against the the Marvel DC code? Like that that she's been in both. <laughs> that she's been in both. There's not a whole lot of crossover. Like it seems yeah. like you do one or the other. And Kobe has managed to be in both. Good for her. There has to be others. I'm gonna look it up. We'll talk about it in the mini episode next week. Okay. Look it up. Because I'm, I'm sure there are. At this I, point in time, there have to be. There's so many. But There's so many superhero movies. Well, and you have to accommodate <laughs> for weirdness, like the difference between Fox Marvel and Disney right. Marvel before yeah. the merger. Now, now they've merged, and so that's going to change everything, too. And there's a bunch yeah. of storylines that I'm interested to see what they do with now that they've merged and they've got to fix stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other uh, thing about that merger I'm curious about is I know there's some kind of rule where there can't be any Marvel characters uh, like in Disney World instead of Disneyland because they directly compete with Universal Studios in Orlando. Oh, that's interesting. So I'm really curious to know if anything is going to change about that. Another thing I'll talk about in the mini episode. Yeah, look that Make sure one you up. tune in. Because that would be <laughs> fun to know. We also have Anthony Daniels and Billy D. Williams as their Star Wars voices of C-3PO and Lando Calrissian. Keith Ferguson does Han Solo. And I guess he's done Han before in other places. Robot Chicken and Mad. Then we had Shaq as Shaq. But it was such a great scene. Y'all ready for this? Shoots the ball off. Oh no! They were ready (laughs) for that! (laughs) Okay. Finally, finally, we have director Christopher Miller as the TV announcer for the Octane comedy show, Where Are My Pants? And I mention this because we have to talk about Andy Samberg and why he's not in this movie. So, so Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who directed this movie, also directed Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. And then, a few years ago, in 2008, they co-wrote the movie Extreme Movie, which, 
frankly, I'm assuming nobody has ever really heard of, except for the fact that it was co-written with Will Forte, who was also in this movie as Abraham Lincoln and Andy Samberg, who is, by the way, so there's no actual conflict here, also in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. So he's still working with Mr. Lord and Miller. He just, for some reason, didn't show up to do the Lego movie. And I'm a little bit annoyed as an Andy Samberg fan that he is not in this movie or in the sequel. But he's in both. He's in both. He's in The Lonely Planet, and they do the theme songs. <laughs> that and is technically. True. So technically, while he does not voice a character, he does sing. Yes. I think it would count for Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Well, then I guess we'll count it for Six Degrees of Andy Samberg. <laughs> So I looked at it really quick, and uh, Warner Animation Group, actually, like, this was their first movie. Um, the other movies that they have done are Storks, the, Bat the Lego Batman movie, the Lego Ninjago movie, Smallfoot, and the Lego Movie 2. And they have upcoming a Scooby-Doo movie, a Tom and Jerry movie, a DC Super Pets movie, and Space Jam 2. Wow! Space so. Jam 2! Yeah. Yep. Well, won't that be exciting? We watched the original one recently, and there's a big difference between a PG-13 movie today and a PG-13 movie from, what, like the 90s? 96 would be my guess. I can In look In case it you're up. listening and you have a four-year-old and you're thinking of watching Space Jam, I would wait. There's a slight amount of language. Uh, I mean, it's nothing like awful but if your kid is a mimic like mine you may want to hold off on watching it yeah 96 and yeah i mean the hulk is ooh, anything with danny devito in it and a pg-13 rating i mean <laughs> we failed at parents that night <laughs> <laughs> i have to be honest the eight-year-old's favorite cartoon right now is Futurama. And every time he turns it on, I'm like, I can't decide if I am winning at parenting or completely and utterly failing. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where I'm like, I don't know if I'm just being too sensitive to these things either. So, like, today, actually, this afternoon, we went and saw um, The Missing Link in the theater. And they played a preview for the new Fast and the Furious movie. Um, the one with uh, Jason Statham and The Rock. And I can't remember. It's their two characters' names, and I can't remember what it is. And I'm in not it, a fan of the franchise, so I yeah, cannot help you here. But well, in it, I thought, first of all, that was a really weird preview to play before a kids movie yes but second and i think one of them says like what the hell in the preview 
And I was like, ah, should I be concerned about this? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, is that appropriate? Anyways, I still haven't decided yet. No, I mean, so on the one hand, as a, an admirer of free speech, I do right. not approve of the censorship of bad language. And I do think that we made good strides by getting rid of those ridiculous standards when it came to language. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, as the parent of small children, I'm right. like... Can we keep that shit past midnight, please? Right. Right. Or at least, like, don't put it before a kid's movie? Right. Because I'm pretty put it sure. Before a kid's movie, definitely. I'm pretty sure The Missing Link was a PG movie. So that was just really surprising to me. I mean, I guess it was probably an approved for all audiences preview. I'm sure it was. Still. I don't know. It just kind of seemed odd to me. And that kind of goes back to the Lego movie because my kid is a mimic. And the thing that we heard forever after this movie was, I only work in black. <laughs> like, out of context, people, he would say it all the time. And, like, out of context, people are like, what are you talking about? Well, that's when you have to chime in. Or very, very dark gray. <laughs> I just always find it funny, like, the things that he just, like, cherry-picks out of these movies to, like, It's, it's fascinating what, what kids yeah. will pick out as interesting. I was talking with my daughter, who listens to the podcast, because I certainly can't tell her no. At 17, I certainly can't tell her that she can't listen to my podcast. And we were talking about... Um, the Incredibles, because I we had recorded it, it was coming up, and we were talking about the scene where uh, Mr. Incredible throws the guy through the wall, yeah. five walls. We made a huge thing about it on the show. And my son says to me, I love that part. <laughs> I'm like, why? What, what, what about part? it? Yeah. It's funny, Mom. It's funny, which, like, great. I'm glad that's what you're taking away. What I'm taking away is a human interaction. But we've (laughs) already done that show. (laughs) And we are on a roll here tonight. Let me tell you. We are a half hour in, and we haven't started talking about the movie yet. (laughs) I know. (laughs) All right. Strap in, you're in for the long haul. <laughs> so, we start out, because we literally have not even started yet. In the Lego universe, populated by anthropomorphic minifigures. Oh, Wikipedia, I do <laughs> love you. The, those are all linked, by the way, in case you needed to know what anthropomorphic and minifigures were. We've got the sublink for you. The evil lord business steals a super weapon called the Craggle. I mean, it's just so good. That the whole I feel kind of dumb admitting this, but the whole twist in this movie 
totally caught me off guard. I was not expecting it. I did not have anything to lead me to believe Craggle was crazy glue and Lord Business was the dad. <laughs> no, it really... Like, I was not expecting it at all. No, I, I, I had my thing on. I don't know what Craggle was the first time mm-hmm. I saw this movie, but it certainly was not crazy glue. Mm-hmm. No, and you even... What's amazing is that you even see it. Like, at the very beginning, yeah. they show the right. tube. Like, if you watch closely, yeah. you should, from the very beginning, know that the craggle is crazy glue. And right. where all of this is going. But no, I was not. I was not on that. And we went and saw this in the theater, too. Because yeah. we are Lego fans. <laughs> so we saw it in the theater. So Vitruvius attempts to stop Lord Business. He's blinded by the robots. And he makes his prophecy about the special and the peace of resistance. And all this is true because it rhymes. I love that. I love that. that. Yeah. There are so many great lines in this movie. I really. It's made of one liners. It is. The writing is spectacular. So then. Eight and a half years later, which flashes on the screen as a helpful little note that, you yeah. know, it's been eight and a half years, which is, I guess, how old Finn right. is. Yes. I, I, I'm expecting that the story of the real world is eight and a half years, the beginning of this movie, is when they found out they were pregnant, and that's when Will Ferrell's character decided, I have to protect my Lego. So that's when the crazy glue came out. So that's when the, uh, from the very beginning. (laughs) And we meet construction worker Emmett Brukowski. (laughs) Brukowski. Brukowski, (laughs) who lives in Bricksburg, by the way. Yes, of course. Bricksburg. And Emmett has a sad, pathetic life. I just... I really But he doesn't know it. No, he He's, doesn't. He has no friends. But he doesn't know it. And he doesn't know. He doesn't <laughs> right. seem to appreciate that none of these people actually know who he is. Right. They don't they're not they're not anything beyond casually polite. He is the person we all think we are when <laughs> when we aren't getting calls back from people. Like <laughs> am I Emmett? Do I really actually not have any friends? <laughs> well, I mean I don't know. Most of us don't require an instruction manual to That's breathe. That's true. Although it wouldn't no, be to too breathe. bad sometimes I mean, to have one. <laughs> I forget the name of that particular manual. How to have everybody like you or something. <laughs> it's it's how to be happy and have everybody like you. I I wish yes, it's yeah. Sad and pathetic is is what it is. I feel badly for Emmett. <laughs> Which is probably why he's so well played, because it's Chris, right? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to feel bad. Okay, so Emmett goes to work and sings the song. Well, I guess Andy sings the song, right? Somebody in Lonely Planet sings the song. Somebody in Lonely Planet sings Everybody is Awesome for eight hours. Everything is awesome. 
It's such an earworm, too. It is. I still will get it stuck yeah. in my head. It's both terrible and awesome <laughs> at the same time. And then he doesn't go off to have chicken wings or sausages or whatever else his friends are going off to have. No, instead, he sees Wildstyle. We'll call her Wildstyle for the majority of this review, I think. What I do like is that she is a mini fig and not a mini doll. The Specifically, the curvy girls that they use uh. for the princesses or the elves or the girl legos they don't they don't use that for any of the women in this movie which i really do actually solidly appreciate they're just so mini thick so that is the friend set all the friends Mm -hmm. set characters are those type Mm -hmm. um they do have them in the second lego movie do that um but they also have duplo in the second movie too yeah i feel like that's Fine, simply because the second movie is kind of like it incorporates the little the sisters' universe. toys, right? Yeah, so I guess it makes sense. It's Lego universe. That's fine. <laughs> These are all though very clearly from the architect sets, so yeah. they should be minifig and not mm-hmm. anything else. So Emmett. Catches Wild Style near the hole, and then he falls into the hole. I like all of the hopping up and down, like it's. So Emmett touches the piece, and then he zones out and he sees the man upstairs, right? That's when that happens, is when he touches the piece the first time. Yeah. And then he wakes up with, in an interrogation room, with good cop, bad cop. And there's the chair throwing here, and the water offering. Have I mentioned how much I like the Lego water? The whole way through this movie. The little tiny round circles. I like it when it's soap in Emmett's eyes. I like the little coins that are floating up in the submarine. The water (laughs) is just so cool, always. When Bad Cop splashes the water, you see the cup fly. But then there's like three or four of the little tiny coin pieces. Because, I mean... (laughs) I assume, that's what I'm calling them, I assume there is an actual term for those little tiny one dot pieces. Because they all have a name. Because they all have a name, and we'll link it in the show notes, baby, (laughs) because they all have a name. In the scene when they're building, they're calling out, like, all the names. In the (sighs) early scene when it's Emmett building with the other builders, they're calling out all these names of things, and it sounds like a bunch of nonsense, but it's actually, like, all actual brick piece names. So, (laughs) I'm sure there's a name for the coin, but I'm calling them coins because in the pirate set, right, they're the same... 
it's all the little one piece right. things that go into the treasure box. They're just right. gold in that set. So they're coins. They're coins. All the little coins, all the little water coins. All right. And then, let's see, there's the removal of Emmett's memory, or we're not going to kill you, I don't know, the whole, and then Wildstyle comes and saves him, and Emmett is just along for the ride. At this point in time, <laughs> it's kind of, for most of the movie, he's just kind of along for the ride. What are we doing, yeah. guys? What, yeah. What's going on here? He's just a plain old regular construction minifig. So Wildstyle takes Emmett to Vitruvius in the Old West. And I like it when he ignores her. The blah, blah, blah. Special stuff. I'm ignoring you because I can't whatever. And I just... Emmett is such a nobody that they can't even find him because his wanted poster picture looks like every, every other minifig. <laughs> Literally every other minifig. Maybe if he'd kept his crazy bedhead at the beginning yeah. rather than swapping it out for the quaffed Ken hair, maybe. <laughs> but no. So, Vitruvius tries to explain being a master builder to Emmett. And they go onto that little meditation where he mentions that he has seen the man upstairs. Which is, I guess, impressive because most Lego minifig have too much stuff in their brains to be able to interact with the real world. It's very different rules from Toy Story. Yeah, how they interact with the real world. And when we get there, we'll talk about how the movement and stuff happens too, because there are actual rules here. Have you seen the Lego movie too? Is that out yet? Yeah, I have seen it. You have seen it? Okay. I have not. There's more real-world stuff in that one. I assumed that there would be. Okay, so then we go to the convention <laughs> of minifig characters in Cloud Cuckoo Land, where Emmett gives his speech. Oh, God. There's just... There's so much wrong with his motivational speech. It's so fantastic. I was really surprised. You link that cloud cuckoo land is like an actual term. Like it's not just a made up thing for this no, movie. No, it's uh, an actual I, thing. I, according I to Wikipedia. Know. According to Wikipedia. <laughs> I had no idea. Wikipedia says a lot of things are real to get internal links in, though. So let's let's be real clear. But Cloud Cuckoo Land, I guess, is a set. So that's what... If it was more than that, 
I am not... Did you actually read the page? I didn't. Yeah, I went to it, and it's like a thing. It's a thing. Okay, well, now we have to look it up. Now we have to cloud cuckoo land. Is a state of absurdly over-optimistic fantasy or an unrealistic idealist cloud cuckoo land. Aristophanes, a Greek playwright, wrote and directed The Birds, which was performed in 414 B.C., persuades the world's birds to create a new city in the sky to be named Nubiculia. Nubiculia, I think. That's how I would say it. I think I'm right. Greek has never been my strong suit. Or (laughs) Cloud Cuckoo Land. So 414 BC. Yeah. So, and no idea. No, no idea. none whatsoever. Today, you learned a new fact. I can also tell you that it is a term regularly used in politics to refer to other people's policies in a derogatory way. Newt Gingrich called Barack Obama's idea for algae usage as a fuel source, which... You know, science. Cloud cuckoo land. Henry Wallace uh, used the term to describe the unrealistically inflated value of stocks on the New York Stock Exchange just before the crash. Well, he might have had a point there. (laughs) So could we say we're currently living in cloud cuckoo land? Well... I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far. Wait, (laughs) wait, yes. Yes, I am. Yes, I would. Sure, let's do it. From now on, we live in cloud cuckoo land. (laughs) It'll explain so many things, really. Yeah, yep. Yeah. That's fantastic. Where the birds are. So I guess Unikitty is the leader of the birds. Yeah. I love her little speech about any idea is a good idea, except the not happy ones, those you push down deep inside where they'll never, ever, ever find them. (laughs) (laughs) Except the not happy ones, right? I love Unikitty. I do too. All right, so then... As Emmett is giving his mind-blowingly bad motivational speech, Bad Cop shows up because he put a tracker on Emmett, and he never noticed. I mean, the dude is just... It's like one-fifth of his body. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And blinking. (laughs) I mean, how can you not, like, feel that there on your heel you only have so many holes as a minifig (laughs) i mean there's only so many ports where things can go in there's there's a the specified circumference of your hand hole for god's sakes there's only so many things surely surely you'd notice 
the tracking coin. That's all I'm saying. Agreed. But he didn't. But he didn't. So all the master builders are captured now. I particularly like the bit with Superman and Green Lantern <laughs> in the gum. Oh, I'll save you. No, don't save me. <laughs> Batman saves the day ish. And then they all go off in the submarine. I only work in black or very, very dark gray with the the couch so seriously like I know the double-decker couch is like the hero of the movie but I also don't see a point <laughs> no because the people sitting on tops legs would be in your face exactly like they point out in the movie exactly like they point out and <laughs> I feel like it's worth noting that the people pointing it out are in fact minifigs, so we're not even talking real legs here either. No, because their legs don't dangle. <laughs> their legs don't dangle, and still we're pointing out what a problem that would be. Right. It but would whatever. be a problem. <laughs> it would be a problem. That's all. It would just... And getting into the middle, up top, how mm -hmm. would you go pee? I mean... <laughs> You'd just be stuck there forever and ever. Okay. So then they get rescued from the middle of the ocean with the couch of whatever doom by <laughs> Metalbeard. I like Metalbeard. Metalbeard is a lot of fun. I particularly like his Julie Judy Garland impression. I like his shark arm. Oh, the shark arm is cool, too. And the fact that he turns into a photocopier, because let's be real, that's a helpful skill, right? <laughs> so Metal Beard saves them. They do the whole thing. I love the sequence where Emmett is talking about, I need some markers and some construction paper yeah. and the glitter glue and yes. wild style does that biting of her lip thing mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what really yeah. turns me on as a man in a man is a man who loves glitter glue i mean <laughs> so then they build the ship to infiltrate the office tower and they have the whole plan which nearly succeeds except for Lucy in the office with the I don't know bad cop that didn't work out as well as a clue reference as I was hoping for so sorry <laughs> I see where you're going for I was trying. It it, it 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 didn't it didn't quite work. So not everything can hit, you know. No, they just they don't all land. You got to. One thing I wanted to mention earlier is that Benny the astronaut. I think this is a really cool detail. So Benny the astronaut has a cracked helmet, and apparently that like happened to every helmet of that model. Really, they all cracked. Yeah. 
That's such a cool So like detail. later they later they made a beefier helmet for that minifig, but like the previous, like the first batch of it or whatever, it was like too thin and it cracked. So one of the things I really like they're We've established they're called base plates. So those are the really big, gigantic, usually green. Let's be real. The base plates are usually grass green, but sometimes they're blue and sometimes they're gray. Usually green is full price and you can occasionally find gray on sale. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're a Star Wars builder, in which case those gray base plates are worth a lot. You can, like, build an entire hoth with nothing but gray base plates. But they do have very specific requirements for the production of those base plates. And you can tell in the intro sequence with the lava that they how specific those are because you can actually see little tiny faults in the plates as they're going down so it's just i love the little details like that they really i did not know about the cracked helmet that's pretty there's special there's a lot there's a lot of great details like that like you can occasionally see fingerprints in like the plastic on the mm-hmm. people like on their faces and stuff um, all sorts of stuff like that. It's it's really, it's very well done. They really did their research on it. And I think they did a good job appeasing the hardcore fans. I remember when we first heard about this movie, my husband was instantly skeptical. They yeah. cannot possibly do justice to Lego right. in film. But right. they did. I really, I really think that they did. Okay, so we've got the whole scene in the think tank with the master builders and then Vitruvius, who is decapitated by a penny, I believe, right? That is, I believe it's a penny. I am... I don't remember. It's 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 one of the sacred artifacts, which include things like a Band-Aid and a Q-tip and the nail polish remover. There was also the <laughs> golf ball of tea yes. to least. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could remember what they call the Q-tip. I can't remember. The nail polish is Nile something. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. So they, so Emmett's strapped to the battery, which I guess is what sets the self-destruct mechanism. I am not familiar with a Lego kit requiring any kind of battery-operated thingy. We have um, that Santa's Village has a train. Oh, okay. and the train, uh, the motor. So there's like a whole grouping of lego things that have like well then yeah there's a subcategory of things that will work with the battery so then that too is all in world relatively right. speaking 
All right, well, let's start. We have the whole, the, the wild style rallying the crowd, the 10 seconds later, which is really my favorite part of that whole th- the 10 seconds later, yeah. and then the, the theme music, and then we are downstairs. They do that in the Wild West, too. Yes. They say 10 seconds later, and it's obviously, this took longer than 10 seconds. <laughs> Well, no, it didn't. It takes exactly 10 seconds because that's how long it takes to move the minifig from one place to another, right? We don't actually, because there's no stairs, so there's no actual way for the characters to get from point A to Mm -hmm. point B. 10 seconds later is what happens when we have to have, I would think, man upstairs or otherwise or smaller man upstairs involvement. 10 seconds later is Finn moving the pieces from up here to down here. That is a good point. That's, That's what 10 seconds later is. Okay, but then Emmett has fallen off the table and woken up in the real world, so we get the twist here. And honestly, this is my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. I just watching Finn run around with the spaceship. Yep. Spaceship, spaceship, spaceship. spaceship That's spaceship. Yes. yes. Yeah. That particular. Prior to that, you thought Benny was just a little slow. <laughs> no, no, no. He built a hell of a spaceship, yeah. right? No, he's that's Finn, yeah. And and Finn runs that spaceship around. But it's just, it's exactly, I feel like it's Lego. It brings, yeah. And it also, like, explains a lot of the other, like, dialogue. Or, for example, like, when, when they're in the Wild West and Emmett's like, bullet, bullet, gun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can just see an eight-year-old going, bullet, bullet, gun. <laughs> yes, because... Emmett, Emmett is Finn. So he is, yes, slow and normal and construction worker, but he's also characterized by an eight-year-old, which just makes it all so much more magical, I think. Right, yeah. And then Emmett is laying on the floor when the man upstairs, Lord Business, comes down the stairs. And the the, the stomping on the stairs, like, yeah. like my kids who have a good relationship with their dad, but will, like... Daddy's going to yell because I was playing with his toys and I'm going to be in trouble now. Yeah. So there's signs all over the place that say do not touch. Do not touch. (laughs) Although you have to ask. What kind of asshole dad has all of these? I mean, really? Lock the door or something, fool. I mean, and his explanation of, you have all these bricks over here, which was, by the way, Cloud Cuckoo Land. Cloud Cuckoo Land. So maybe that really is where craziness happens. But you have all these bricks over here. Mm. 
It just, so it made me think of this one story from my childhood where my dad had like a big um, model train set up, you know, and he was like one of those guys that had like all the little pieces and it was perfect and like everything was to scale and blah, 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 blah. So in elementary school, we had to do two dioramas. We had to do one of a farm scene and one of a city scene and I can very vividly remember this being like one of the only things my father ever like took an interest in um and he decided he was going to help me build this and he used all of his farm set things from his train set to do this and I like literally did nothing this was not a project we worked on together (laughs) my dad built the diorama and I can remember bringing it in and it obviously it looked like a farm like you know there was grass and trees with like the foamy things on it that felt like actual grass oh he went all out yeah no this was like legit so I that was my farm set so then when it came to to do city I was like no I'm gonna do this one on my own and I like I very vividly remember doing the city one on my own out of like construction paper and you know whatever because like I didn't ha- I didn't get to do the farm one right? <laughs> you have you got taken over right yeah. yep <laughs> so I see it I see it <laughs> yeah yeah okay maybe that's a dad thing maybe that's a dad <laughs> thing I forgot where we are we are <laughs> uh, in the real world, and the man upstairs is just tromped down the stairs, and we were talking about scary dad, because even if dad's not scary, he's still... The situation. It's the situation. He's been told not to do it. And for all we know, the dad is like, outside of Lego, the most loving, attentive, always around, wants to be doing everything with his son. I mean, they seem like they have a good relationship otherwise. And it's good enough that Finn can say, this is what the guys are doing. I mean, it's good enough that when he asks for an explanation... Finn gives him one mm-hmm. instead of making something up. I so. love the interaction they have where the, where the dad says, this isn't a toy, and Finn, sa- Finn says, it kind of is. And then the dad's response is, actually, it's a highly sophisticated interlocking brick system. <laughs> You're missing the point, dude. <laughs> missing the point. <laughs> But what I like, so this is where we have the little moment, just the one, really, where the magic of the story could maybe be more than Finn's imagination, because Emmett moves. Right. He moves independent of Finn. He moves off the table to bounce himself down to the floor. To get the craggle. The piece of resistance. To get the piece of resistance. Right. So then Finn distracts his dad with the X-Acto knife and says that it's off over there somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then he gives Emmett the piece of resistance, puts it in his little 
Lego uh-huh. hand and then drops him down the tube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. Which is now a portal. Right. Back into Bricksburg, where he now has all of the skill of a master builder. I'm not entirely sure the science behind that, but it's okay. It's fine. And He's self-aware, maybe. He's self-aware now. Sure. Okay. So now that we've seen what it all looks like on the outside, those pieces mean something to him, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure. We'll go with self-aware. Sure. I like it. <laughs> And he's fighting with Lord Business, and there's all of the citizens building things and ripping up pieces. And they do a really good job, I think, of demonstrating the citizens' activity and then stilling it as what Finn would have created. Right, yep. So that the man upstairs, the dad, can look down at this. Does he have a name? I don't think he ever actually has a name besides the dad and the man upstairs and Lord Business. Yeah. I think that's probably what he's credited as. It's just as Finn's, yeah, as the man upstairs. So he doesn't actually have a name. He's just the man upstairs. And I think that it's enough, though, to make him recognize the play Because really, Mm -hmm. that's what this is all about. It is a sophisticated interlocking brick system that Mm -hmm. you play with. Yeah. So I was curious if you think what is what Emmett saying there, what Finn is saying to his dad? Because the faces that both the Lord Business and uh, Emmett Pull during that scene made me think that maybe that was what Finn was saying to his dad. Is that clear in the movie? I think so. I mean, he says, you don't have to be the bad guy. You are the most talented, most interesting, and most extraordinary person in the universe, which is how a lot of little boys see their dads, right? Right. At that age. And you're capable of amazing things because you are the special, and so am I, and so is everyone. The prophecy is made up, but it's also true. It's about all of us right now. It's about you, and you still can change everything. So do you think, like, that was Finn vocalizing, like, the discussion between Emmett and Lord Business, and the father, like, heard that? I think... I don't know. That's a good question. I feel like when I watch it, what I'm seeing is Finn saying those words through Emmett. Right. To Lord Business, yes. Are they to his father? I think they are. I think in some way, definitely. Certainly, that's the impression we're led to, that Mm -hmm. the man upstairs hears these words and realizes Mm -hmm. that 
I think, though, that that's awfully evolved for an for eight-year-old. For an eight-year-old, yeah. <laughs> As the mom of an eight-year-old, who, by the way, came to me just the other day and announced that he has decided that he's going to have five jobs. Five? Right. Yes. Right? He's going to be a construction worker. Okay. He's going to be a chef. Okay. He's going to be a policeman. All right. He's going to be a video game designer. All right. Oh, no. I'm missing one. You're missing one. Oh, no. It's integral. I'm sure that it is. Oh, a movie director. Okay. A movie right. director. So, I believe that while an eight-year-old may be capable of thinking, you don't have to be the bad guy. Can he articulate it? Yeah. I mean, the same kid running around saying, spaceship, 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 spaceship. (laughs) Bullet, bullet, gun, bullet, bullet, gun. Exactly. (laughs) We're on the same level here. All right. All right. I got it. Well, let's just go with what he said had the same meaning. Had the same meaning. But obviously we got a deeper version of that as viewers of the discussion between Emmett and Lord Business. Well, and I think... Maybe having the perspective of parenthood is really going to influence that conversation no matter what. I mean, there's so much about those particular interactions that I see in myself with my kids, that I see in my husband with our kids. There's just... In those little tiny moments of interaction and connection. And I think that it really is lovely. Mm -hmm. If not quite that Hollywood magic. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We certainly do get those little pieces. I mean, kids are... Kids are fun, and every now and then they will surprise you with these little tiny pieces of true wisdom, and then you probably shouldn't post them on Instagram. That's that's all I'm saying here, is enjoy the true wisdom, don't, don't make a meme out of it, perhaps, perhaps, okay. just, just, just a thought, perhaps, that is might be worth sharing. (laughs) Okay. So finally, we have the uncraggling, right? We rain paint thinner down on Ma and Pa and everyone else. And it's Would it just take off the craggle or would it take off some faces? (laughs) It'd probably take off some faces too. Like... The, because it's a really ugly can of paint thinner, too. Like, it's the, it's the paint thinner that's been sitting out in the garage since 1972. It came with the house. Right. It did come with the house. (laughs) (laughs) 
So it's the good stuff, by the way. You probably can't buy that type of paint. No, I'm sure you cannot because I'm sure that if you use it while pregnant, your children will have at least three arms. Yes. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's the good stuff, but yeah, I'm sure it'll take faces off too. So I'm not... I'm not quite sure about the wisdom of writing it down on the good citizens of Bricksburg, but do what you will. Do what you will. And then everybody's happy, and we have the end sequence, which frankly is just as impressive as the rest of this movie, but just in a different way. So tell me more. You have stop motion written here. We have to talk about how the movie actually ends. Okay. Dad says, if we're going to let you play down here, that means we also have to let your little sister play down here. And then Bricksburg is invaded by By the Duplo. (laughs) Which leads directly, that is how the second movie starts at that scene. So... That's great. No no time missing at all. That's fantastic. I love well, it when we pick right so back up. So it starts with that, but then there's like a flash forward of a couple of years. Oh, of course. Okay. Because like the, the same kid plays Finn. Oh, so we had to actually have a yeah, flash I'm like, forward of a couple I mean, I'm not, of years. I mean, I'm not. I didn't check that, but I'm like pretty sure it's the same kid playing Finn. It, like, I think so. The age is correct. <laughs> I would have to go and look. We'll just cover it in the mini episode. Fine, we'll cover it in the mini. Okay, so Bridgeburg <laughs> so is being invaded by Duplo. Cut to stop animation. So it's really interesting because the end credits are the only part of the movie that are actual stop motion. Like, it took two months to do. It was alma mater and Stupid Buddy Studios, which is who does... Um, Robot Chicken. Okay. So, like Seth Green. Yeah. Has something I, to do with them. Yeah, yeah, I love Robot Chicken. I am. So a I fan. thought that was really interesting that that those end credits are actual stop motion. Which is so you're given the impression that the whole film is stop motion that that they did actually put it all together, but they didn't. They just put it together in CGI. Right. And made it look like they had built... But they did some building, right? For some of the sets? I mean, other than the basement set, I don't think so. I think it's all CGI. All right. Verify that for the mini, but... Yeah. I will dig into that. Because that makes... But that does make the in-credit sequence even more impressive, knowing that it is actual stop motion of actual Legos. So think about it like this. It took them two months to make the end credit sequence. Imagine how long it would have taken to make an entire movie. Which is, I guess, why we haven't had one before now. Right. I mean, because you couldn't have done one. but You mm-hmm. logistically could not have done one. Because you don't have, like in traditional stop motion, there's maneuverability of right. like the puppets and stuff. You're not going to have that with Lego. It's no. going to be a, a build and rebuild and rebuild and rebuild kind of situation. Well, and there's movement that happens, you know, obviously on the minifig too. But yeah, that makes sense. 
There's a lot that they could not do with the Lego. Sure. I'm just, I'm a little disillusioned. That's all. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll dig into it and we'll find out that I'm completely wrong. And it was all CGI. Well, we're all wrong often <laughs> here. So that's fine. If you have corrections, please email latchkeymovies at gmail.com. Or you can call, but you better be nice on the voicemail because I listen to those with my kids around. I'm just saying. That number is... 402-885-4875. Okay. So we have to hit the blubber ability scale because I must admit, if I sit down and watch this movie and watch the end scene uh-huh. with the man upstairs, my little emotional heart will just turn yeah. on the waterworks yeah. every single time. Yeah, I agree. And I think maybe that's why I was so surprised by it the first time I saw it, because like I wasn't expecting it either, you know, and so then you got it and you're like, oh, this movie has heart. (laughs) It made me cry. It's not just a dumb pop culture dump like this actually has, you know, emotion to it. I remember when the movie came out on DVD, because we had seen it in the theater, and nobody Mm -hmm. we knew had, because it was Lego, and it was stupid, right? And we bought the DVD, and we took it around, like, to people's houses at holiday parties and stuff. What was this, 1996? (laughs) Come I know, I know. But we wanted to... No, I actually think we were like, here, find it on Netflix. Watch the movie. I think it was on Netflix. It was on Netflix. It came out on Netflix fairly quickly. (laughs) But it was... We were trying to share this thing, and nobody was like... Because they were like, it's Lego, whatever. I'm like, no, you really... You have to watch this. And I think people get it now. Yeah. But initially... It seemed very niche-based, that you were a fan of Lego, and so you watched the movie, and then there was this really remarkable movie. Kind of like, as an afterthought, oh, hey, there's this movie about Lego, but no, the movie is really good. Back in my day, we had to carry DVDs to people's houses. (laughs) You know... Four years ago. I'm, I don't even. Okay, I'll give you five years now. If it came out in February, it's five years It's five years now. (laughs) Five years ago, we had to carry DVDs to people's houses uphill both ways. You don't want to hear about mixtapes. That's all I'll say. (laughs) And I could tell you stories about trying to find drugs before cell phones <laughs> that would blow your mind. <laughs> Finally, we have Halloween costumes. I believe all of these are exceptionally fine to appropriate if you want to really be Lego. See... I've seen some good ones, honestly. I've seen some really good Lego costumes. I was going to say, if you want to come to my house and get like me to just give you all of my candy come as Vitruvius as a ghost 
Ghost Vitruvius. There you go. That would be the best Halloween costume. (laughs) (laughs) Floating. Floating. (laughs) I love Ghost Vitruvius. All right. Out of five. I'm going to give this one a... This is a four and a half from me. Okay. I, I just... What what motivates someone for a four and a half? What's, what's not half? perfect? It's just not, not perfect yet. I don't know. There but, has to be... No, but I feel like you should be able to identify that. If it's not <laughs> perfect, then tell me what's not perfect. I just know perfect when I see it, and this isn't perfect. Okay, fine. Because there's no Andy Samberg. <laughs> there you go. See, you stole my reason for the 4.5. I mean, because really, that's my reason. There is no Andy Samberg. There's well, too much Batman. <laughs> that could be true, too. No, I like Batman. I, I'm it's, just it's, joking. It's just you that doesn't like and I no. think you like Batman. It's just Will Arnett you're not a fan of. No, I don't like Batman either, but that's a <laughs> thing we'll go into someday. <laughs> I think for something to be an actual five for me, it has to be a movie that I want to rewatch endlessly and not a movie that I'm rewatching endlessly because that's the one my son has picked for the moment. And I can stomach it better than other ones. So okay. 4.5 is a movie where my if my son has decided he wants to watch this movie five times in a day, and it's one of those days where you're going to let a kid watch a movie five times, I'm okay with this movie being that movie. But if it's a five, it's got to be a movie that I'm going to come back and watch a thousand and one times and listen to the soundtrack and, you know. We haven't identified that yet, I don't believe, but we'll, we'll get there. We'll find one. I don't know if it one. exists I, yet. I, I don't think probably <laughs> it do- I mean... Well, what would you rate it then, Miss Picky Pants? No, really, this is a four or five because no Andy Samberg. I mean. <laughs> so if Andy Samberg's in Lego Movie 3? That could be a, f- well, no, that alone won't do it for me. But it <laughs> certainly would help. Certainly would help. The Lego Movie 2 is not as good. I'm afraid of that, to be perfectly honest, which is why we haven't seen it yet, because I would like to be disappointed in the privacy of my own home. <laughs> it's not a steaming pile of poop, but it's No, not but... I mean, it's better than Happy Feet. Well, most things are, as we have clearly established in show lexicon, we're going to be, and I feel bad for Happy Feet. I do. Like, I want to like that movie more than I do, but it's weird and it's (laughs) Should we reassess our rating scale? Should it be like on a scale of Happy Feet (laughs) to the non-existent five? Where does this fall? All right, guys, that's been the Lego movie. Thank you for listening. You can find us at Latchkey Movies. We're still reluctantly participating in Twitter, although I think that's probably going to be going away at the end of the season because nobody cares about Twitter anymore. So you can find us at Instagram and Facebook and at latchkeymovies at gmail.com. 
402-885-4875 is the number to call and leave us kid reviews because eventually somebody's going to call and leave us a kid review, right? If we keep asking. I figure if we keep asking, somebody will call and have a child leave us a voicemail with an opinion. Or if you have a childlike voice, I'll call and leave us your point. opinion. <laughs> Just call and talk to us. Let us know you're out there. <laughs> On Hello? whatever channel you're listening to. <laughs> really, at this point, we're still focusing, pushing hard for those iTunes reviews. But no, seriously, <laughs> leave us a review, at least to let us know that we're doing something right here. All right, guys, we will talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.